welcome everybody to Wildstorm Addiction. This is episode number 13 for the weeks of August 25th and September 1st. I'm Ben Murphy. And I'm Joe David Solis. And once again, we want to thank everybody for downloading and listening to the show. We've had some really good input and uh, hope you guys are enjoying it. I also want to remind everybody that there are spoiler alerts tonight as you listen, but all of the written reviews on the website are spoiler-free unless otherwise noted. A little bit of Wildstorm news over the last couple weeks. We found out that Steve Niles' next Wildstorm project is called Lot 13, and it'll be with artist Glenn Farby. No release date has yet been given, but there's a preview art at Wildstorm's blog, The Bleed. Ethan Van Skyver's character Cyberfrog is returning in a miniseries called Cyberfrog Blood Honey. Skyver will do the covers and also be the writer on, the, on this miniseries. The interior artist has yet to be named. Cyberfrog was originally featured in two issues published by Hall of Heroes in 1996 and 10 more released by Harris Comics in 1997. Skyver also said that he has several unannounced projects at Wildstorm besides this one, with the first to be announced at New York Comic Con in October, which I will be attending and covering for you guys. Yay! More exclusive con footage brought to you just by us. (laughs) I hope Skyver's doing something Wildstorm U related. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I know he's doing some some uh, creator-owned stuff, but ever since he did that cover for Wallstone Universe number zero, he, he's the one who did that, right? Oh, I'd have to check. Uh, I don't remember who was him. No, it was, I think it was somebody else. But anyway, he's a great artist, so I, I hope he does something in the Wallstone U. Yeah, as 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 we're recording this, you know, we're coming off of uh, Labor Day weekend, and I got a chance to go home and visit one of my local comic shops back in South Texas, specifically in Kingsville, Texas. Um, so I wanted to give a shout out to Richard, who is the owner of the Hobby House there, um, because he hooked me up with a ton of old Wildstorm stuff that I was missing. Thanks a lot, Richard. If uh, if anybody even lives near there, uh, he's at 822 East King Avenue there in Kingsville, Texas, and he's a great guy. He loves to talk comics. Always fun to talk to. I try to I try to visit him whenever I go back uh, and visit my parents because that's that's near where I grew up. So. Thanks a lot, Richard. Uh, also, want to thank X Nation for running our commercial again. Uh, their episode three, which is downloadable now at culturalwormhole.com. And finally, thanks to James uh, Nadiger from the Wildstorm Resource Wiki for sending me a box of Wildstorm goodness that included some good Gen 13 trades, some the Wildcats and planetary action figures, and lots of other comic goodness. So, thanks, James. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I came I came home from from Labor Day weekend to some cool stuff in the mail. I also got my copy of uh, the Wildcats cartoon, so yay! Now now my Wildstorm fandom is complete. <laughs> but anyway, all right, I think they want us to review some comics now, Ben. Ah, shucks. <laughs> they don't want to hear about all the stuff that we got and the, that they don't have. So, the first one we're covering tonight is uh, Garrison number five. Written by Jeff uh, Mariotti, and art and cover by Francesco Francavia. And the blockbuster continues <laughs> in this issue as we have lots more guns and chases. <laughs> we even work our way to, to a, even yet one more action movie cliche towards the end, but I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> 
you know, last issue of Garrison, we were talking about it because for the most part, you know, we've just been enjoying this. The art, the art by Francesco is really good, and uh, but for the most part, you know, it's 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 a lot of action, and the story's just been it's been decent. Here, we actually work our way towards finally getting the origin of Garrison, which I was really happy about. I know I'm skipping ahead, but. I think I already summed up the first few pages. I mean, <laughs> literally, that's what happens. Uh, Agent Jillian, you know, catches up with him, and, and uh, you know, he's just uh, outrun some of his clones and uh, fought him off again, and she helps a little bit by taking one out after he disposes of some more of them in some pretty gruesome ways. I swear, Francesco must have just a book of, you know, how to kill these clones, and he just going through the checklist, you know. <laughs> eye gouging check yeah <laughs> and the same dude who got his eyes gouged got his neck snapped <laughs> so double check <laughs> but yeah you know after that they they escape he they go to an airplane that that agent uh i want to call her scully <laughs> but it's jillian <laughs> it doesn't help that we're reviewing x-files now it gets even worse i know <laughs> Uh, Jillian basically tells Garrison that uh, she had this plane for emergencies, you know, and because now the agency, which I remember, it's the and NBS, National Bureau of Surveillance or something, not not Homeland Security. That's what I call them. Uh, <laughs> and so they take off in the airplane, and um, you know, by this point in the comic, I was like, oh, don't tell me we're gonna get through another one and not really get much of anything, because that was my only complaint about the last issue was it really didn't learn anything new you know that was the one thing that was the saving grace for the first three issues was that you know for the most part each one we learned a little something new but like i said we um in this one we finally learned the origin of garrison it's one of those things where i kind of assumed this was the origin and i was hoping that maybe they would try something different with it but now it's basically just that you know he was part of a project you know that was trying to create super soldiers and they're meant to replace regular soldiers, so that way, you know, uh, we won't have to send our soldiers out into the field anymore. You know, they were working out just fine, and then until, for some reason, he's special. There's something different about him, so he was able to escape, and since he's part of this project, you know, that's why all the other clones have been sent to hunt him down, because I guess the government doesn't want this to get out. So, they land the plane in uh, Nebraska, which is abandoned, not the not the whole state, just where they land. <laughs> and we work our way to the obligatory, we're alone now, let's uh, have sex scene. So, <laughs> <laughs> which, when we got to that, I was like, oh, come on. Which I guess, I was like, well, you know, there's that part in the action movie where, you know, it's just like I said, we're alone now, let's just have sex. So so that's pretty much where it ends. It ends with a, uh, Agent Jillian's bra on the floor. It says to be continued. Oh, apparently with a homing device. I didn't realize that the first time I see it beeping now. Unless there's the bras out there that beep. <laughs> don't send your fan mail in about that. I'm sure there are, and I don't want to hear the stories about them. So <laughs> only send it in if you want to talk about Garrison. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're digging yourself a hole. Yeah, <laughs> I gave this a six just because, only because when we finally got the origin, I just kind of felt like mm, I, I kind of figured that's where we we're going. But I was hoping 
uh, Mariotti would would do something different, you know, because you know, like I said, I've read his stuff in the past, and and I like his stuff. I mean, it's it's good comic writing. I was just hoping for something different, you know, and we just kind of got the same old, same old. So that was the reason I took my score down a little bit from the rest of the series, just because of that. I don't know if anything else is really big is going to come in the last issue. I doubt it. We'll see. What did you think, Ben? Joe is the sweet, kinder side of Wildstorm Addiction. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really want to know? Is it terrible? No, it's not terrible. Is it average? Meh. Maybe. But there is six solid pages of a plane taking off. Wow, did that give me some goosebumps. (laughs) Seriously? Take off. That's like three panels worth at most. What a joke. <laughs> uh, it was it was great that we finally got our background story. But my issue is we get these six issue miniseries quite often with Wildstorm. It's great. I'm, I'm really glad that we get all these creator-owned miniseries to read. What I don't understand is I would think you would want to build up and issue number five would be your, like, oh my god, what is going to happen in the next issue? The final one to end the series. Does this do that? Not even close. I, I mean, it's backstory and fighting, which is great. I mean, the action scenes are always awesome. Not going to lie. But it's, uh give me something. Give me something to go off <laughs> of and, and, and want to look forward to the next final issue of a series. Like, if we get left with a cliffhanger on issue six, what good does that do us? Is this likely going to get picked up for a second miniseries? Not really. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not the editor at Wildstorm, but... Eh. <laughs> well, I think part of it, too, like I said, you know, Jeff Mariotti's been around for a long time, you know, so part of it, you know, they might have been selling on the name... Uh, but he has been kind of out of it for a while too. It seems like it, you know. I mean, he did do a lot of stuff for Wallstorm in, in the beginning, you know. Absolutely, he has, and I know that. And it, and it has been a fun ride. I think that fun ride kind of hit a wall for me on this issue. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it 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 played that hand too many times, and now I'm kind of like, okay. Really? That's where we're going? I mean, there were plenty of cliches in this one issue. And there's been cliches throughout the entire series, don't get me wrong. And that's been campy and fun, but I, I, I just think I'm over it because I know that the next issue is the last issue. And that's where it's starting to bother me because I'm like, yeah, where else can we go from here? We can't because how likely is this going to continue? And that's, that's where I get frustrated and I had to give it a four which isn't terrible, but it, it it's more out of frustration than anything. Is it still fun to look at? Heck yeah. I mean, you asked for it. <laughs> no, well, like, you know, like we said, we want to be honest with you guys. And, you know, even for creators like this that, you know, we've enjoyed their work in the past. I mean, it doesn't mean we're going to enjoy every single thing that they do. All right. Next up, we have Wildcats number 26, which is written by Adam Beechin with art by Tim Seeley. And Andy Smith with a cover by Howard Porter, Alan Martinez, and Wes Harmon. Hartman. In this issue, we, um, of course, open with a normal status report. You got the one group that uh, was teleported by the new character Aeon to Egypt. Um, you got Grunge, who is using uh, the door technology to spy on John Lynch and Team 7. Uh, we have Majestic, who is still paralyzed, mostly. 
in his uh, hideout with Nemesis overseeing him and trying to father his child. And we have Maul, who is presumed dead from last issue. But the main part of the issue opens up with Warblade and the nurse that was taking care of him, uh, Luisa Biondi. And they go to Phoenix to, um, to see if her family survived uh, the Number of the Beast incident. And as soon as they arrive, they see that Phoenix, Arizona, is basically decimated. That there's nothing, nothing left, but Warblade continually tells her not to lose hope and that they're going to try their best to find her family. Meanwhile, like we said, back at uh, the Mount Rushmore base, Majestic is still paralyzed, but apparently Nemesis tells him that she has finally uh, conceived his child, which has obviously been her goal the whole time. But now that she has, she realizes that in his present state, he could never be a father to that child, so she decides to seek out the one who saved her from falling into the lava back in uh, Crystal's Gage's Wildcats run when she was presumed dead. So we have no idea who that is, and she has yet to give any indication of who it might be. So she leaves to go find whoever this person is, and Majestic finally, after she leaves, is able to move his hand, showing that he's slowly coming out of the, uh, the paralysis. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to see a Majestic-class baby. <laughs> what about the uh, the real father versus faux father battle there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that on Jerry Springer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Egypt, Savant teleports there with uh, Seafarer and Sheba. And she basically claims that this is her new Savant Guard, which is pretty cool for old, older Wildstorm fans because that was uh, the team that Savant formed after she left the Wildcats originally. So it was pretty cool that she was referring to you know their little group here as that again because that's one thing that um, that Adam Beechin's been and Tim Seeley have both been very good at is these little nods to old Wildstorm stuff, including one very big one that you'll see at the end of the issue. <laughs> you know they're still talking about. Um, some of the Wildstorm heroes that died against the um, the Red Blade, like um, uh, like Dingo and um, Redeemer, Disperse. So it's it's cool that they're still thinking about that because I mean that all happened so fast. You know, it's like nobody's stopped to think about. It. Not even Spartan, you know, because Spartan's all about being efficient, and so he just sent everybody on their missions right away without any real mourning period. And speaking of Spartan. He's back on Skywatch directing all this, and uh, he sees that there's a huge blast of magical energy that shoots up as a geyser from the Earth, like it did in the previous issue in Salem, Massachusetts, and this time it does it in Egypt where Savin and the others are. But uh, Spartan is frustrated because Link had promised him new legs. So far, all Link has provided him with is some sort of weird prototype where he's kind of just on this little mechanical ball. <laughs> but you can tell that, that uh, Link's kind of working up towards the legs because he's got the ports already ready to go. But he's frustrated and he's you know telling Link to hurry it up, basically, and get him his new legs so he can get back out in the field. Hellstrike and Fuji are, are still working on figuring out what uh, exactly gave Fuji his powers since, he's, since he has some of the engineer's uh, nanites running through his blood and... He was also touched by the Eidolon during the Stormwatch Authority crossover afterwards. 
so he's got a weird mixture, and plus, of course, his own powers. He's got a weird mixture of powers going on that they're trying to figure out what the deal is with those. So Aeon shows up, shows up with the other heroes in Egypt uh, to contain the magical geyser, just like he did in Salem. But the heroes are getting frustrated because he's doing this, and he claims to be wanting to save the Earth, but the fact that he can absorb all this magic already freaked out the hero's last issue. And now that, um, like, Battalion is one of the ones that questions him and questions the fact that, you know, Team Achilles came to help them last issue, and when they teleported, Aeon purposely didn't teleport Team Achilles because he claims he didn't need them. So the heroes are starting to really question that because now he's now he's determining their, their usefulness. And as soon as Sir Edwin, the dead doctor... <laughs> Since something is wrong, it's too late. Aeon turns on all of them and says that if they're not willing to help him, that he'll take all their powers willing, uh, unwillingly. So he begins to drain the powers from each of the heroes, even even the ones that Spartan sends down as reinforcements, which we get, you know, some of the same heroes that we just talked about. But uh, he also sends down Winter and Black Halo and Apollo. So whoever Aeon is, he's starting to show his true colors that regardless of what he's what his intentions are with the earth he's obviously turning against the heroes because he feels they're not going to help him and then we finally go back to warblade and uh luisa and they find a bunker where her family was supposed to hide if something like this happened and of course they find that they're all dead and warblade is still trying to make her look on the bright side and she finally just snaps and basically you know, is angry with him for even giving her hope and trying and just leaves Warblade speechless. You know, and it's a it's a pretty powerful scene because it's just one of those things, you know, she basically tells them, you know, that you know, for heroes it's easy to have hope because all their all their godlike powers and it's like for normal people what what good is all that if it can't help us and of course, you know, blaming them again for what happened to the world. So I think it's one of the more powerful scenes that that uh, Beechin and Seeley have put together in this run. I put it right up there with the one where Grunge is holding the Earth in his hands. Then we move on to Team 7, who has found a underground bunker. And here's some more old Wildstorm stuff. They decide to wake up the old Stormwatch villains called the Warguard. And if you don't know who the Warguard is... They're basically these living weapons of mass destruction, I guess you could say, that have been unleashed on the past and actually caused almost the destruction of the entire Stormwatch team to bring them down last time. And that was with Battalion's father leading them at the time. So uh, for Lynch to decide to want to unleash these things, which are normally not controlled... (laughs) It's, uh, it, I think Grunge sums it up <laughs> pretty well in his panel uh, when he's looking through and he sees this. And then if that's not bad enough, we go back to Aeon, who has absorbed another magical geyser, and his mask begins to break away. And Mr. Beechin and Mr. Seeley decide to mess with us as the readers even more, because when we think that we're going to turn the page and, and uh, Aeon's true identity be revealed... Instead, he purposely obscures his identity, and we see that Aeon is uh, using Gaia, one of the sentry babies that was introduced in the Authority, who she's basically this giant walking swamp thing-looking creature. Uh, he's using her, and he's going to use her to 
destroy this world so he can save the universe. So, so yeah, things just went from bad to really bad to really worse to even worse to just, <laughs> you know, it's like, can we take much more of this as heroes? <laughs> I mean, it's an awesome scene. I mean, I ended up giving this a nine just because I thought it was an awesome use going back and forth of the, of the storytelling between moments like what happened between Warblade and Lisa to moments like that where it's like, you know, we were talking earlier about cliches. You know, of course, the old cliche is, you know, the villain's being revealed and you turn the page and the villain's revealed, right? Well, Beechin's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to take the reveal page and I'm going to make you wait an entire month before I really tell you who the villain is, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So I thought that was pretty cool, and I just, you know, I told, I think I said in the last podcast or so that I'm just waiting for a reason to kick up my review, uh, my rating on this, and I think I finally got it for this one. Uh, I just, I mean, it's just awesome storytelling. I mean, it it just wasn't all action. It was a mixture of both the emotion and still leaving the mysteries open, like with Nemesis and Majestic, and just juggling so many characters, you know. And it's a shame, too, because I heard, or I was reading on CBR today, somebody was actually frustrated with that. And I can see why you would be frustrated if you don't know the history, but, but man, you know, it's the Catch-22, because if you know the history, I mean, things like the reveal, the War Guard is like, wow, that's awesome. You know, I haven't seen those guys in years, literally. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll quit my fanboy uh, gushing. What do you two think? <laughs> so you're saying you liked it? A little bit. <laughs> just making sure um, I guess I never really thought about that um, you just mentioned you know, somebody on CBR not really following along and you're right that is a shame because for older fans this comic is just killing it it's awesome I mean you, you said it that, that was a fantastic review Joe this book is so much fun to read and it, it's where, to me, the authority was like four issues ago and, you know, they were getting little bits and pieces of the past and making jokes and, you know, the S was hitting the fan and all kinds of stuff. And that's where this book is now. And it's so much fun to read each and every month. Just a few things that I saw, you know, I don't want to say that Joe and I have any pull or sway at all with Wildstorm, but... First page, the status report with Grunge. Wishing he were looking into Love Rocket's shower instead with the door technology. <laughs> I mean, did I call it or what? <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm just saying. Thanks for the nod, Adam. I don't know if you said Love Rocket, but yeah, definitely. Anybody. <laughs> exactly. Not, not anybody. Well, well right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> also, the the Warblade scene in, in Phoenix with, with his nurse, it was, even though it was chopped up throughout this issue, it was insanely emotional and powerful. I mean, it, it, it came across so well. I mean, these guys are doing a fantastic job. And, and I hope anybody that's even would listen to this podcast has to have some remote, inkling to want to know what Wildstorm's up to and this book is amazing and if you're not picking it up I don't know I don't know how that's even possible I mean this is the Wildstorm universe right here everybody's in this book practically like you have to read this it's it's awesome 
Yeah, it's like we said a few months ago, it's the biggest little crossover that you've ever seen, you know. Just go pick up this book. Just go read it. <laughs> just go go pick up this issue and see what you think. I mean, just if you don't know the Wildstorm history, I mean, I hope. I think that's the one thing that that person said, even even not knowing and even being frustrated with not knowing the continuity, they were still enjoying it. So, that, I mean, that, that, at least that was good to hear. But still, I mean, it's good to know the history. <laughs> and? Joe put up a nice little where to start reading Wildstorm in case you don't know where to start on the website. So go check that out. That will help. Yes. How in the world did I forget to <laughs> hit that? <God. laughs> yes, please. By all means, go check out our new suggested reading page. I've I've had that in a Microsoft Word document forever and ever, and people come on boards and ask, and I'll just copy and paste it. <laughs> so now I have a, a a web page to send you guys to. But yeah, I'm, and that's obviously my personal things. You'll notice that there's not stuff on there like wet works, you know, mainly because I didn't really follow that comic. But a lot of the stuff that I did follow, which is the main title, Wildcats Gen 13, Stormwatch Authority, you know, those are all on there. Plus plus some of the other Wildstorm titles that take place in the same universe that that you can check out and enjoy, and I even I even mark the ones that can be enjoyed out of continuity or vice versa. So yeah, please check out our new suggested reading page, even if I even if I have forgotten to. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, finally tonight we have the Authority number twenty six, written by Tom Taylor, art by Al Barrianueva, and cover by Chris Sprouse and Carl Story. We had been talking about how the status reports are getting smaller and smaller. And with the authority, we actually get a full page status report. It might not say status report, but what you get is bleep, bleep, (laughs) bleep. (laughs) That's your status report. Because this issue jumps right into where they left off at the last one. And where they are... Well, they're in hell, basically. They're in alien <laughs> sci-fi hell. <laughs> so in the last issue, we had the carrier getting spiked on this unknown planet. And in this issue, we get 22 pages of scared superheroes, actually. I, I, I don't see a single one other than Jack, maybe later, that isn't running for their lives and pooping their pants. <laughs> to put it politely <laughs> yeah if if you want to see some really awesome alien drawings uh, the entire book is it's beautiful I don't know how Tom described this to Al or he just like kind of said eh run with it just make up whatever you can think of because they are amazing these aliens you know, you have these big, huge, monstrous aliens that look like they could be, like, Maul at his biggest size. But it's basically a jail cell where they carry human bodies. And it's amazing. Everybody's running for their lives. Everybody's freaking out. There is no dialogue. Dialogue's <laughs> not needed. It's <laughs> it's the most horrific sci-fi I've ever seen. It's unbelievable. To the point where, you know... Roxy has to rip a hole in, in one of the walls and get everybody into it so that they can hide from all the aliens. Like, it's insane. Like, this is the most powerful people flipped on their heads, basically, because they don't know what to do. I mean, it, there is no, hey, we have a plan of action, let's do it. 
it's run for your lives. Honestly, I've never seen any kind of superheroes act in this manner. And it's really kind of fun to watch because they're losing. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Grifter, Hawksmore, Flint, they all get taken. They're in one of the jail weird alien things. Um, <laughs> Jack is the only one that, that can really even try to come up with something that's happening because he, he's trying to sense, you know, about the planet, about the city that they're in, about the aliens, because he's the king of cities. And and he's able to to focus in on something, but he's not quite sure what it is. So so even he is confused. Um, we do have one mystery that was brought up, other than the fact that, what the heck are these things? I mean, that's the main mystery of this book. The other mystery that we come across is what happens to Swift? Because, you know, we see we see that the aliens are using their door technology against them. And I don't know if it's something that the aliens already have on their planet or because of all the other, you know, ships that they've gobbled up into their, their little uh, Venus fly trap snare. Or, you know, they just inherently know how to use their own, this shift ship that came in, which is the carrier. Really cool. One of the aliens actually taps into one of the humans that that's kind of ticked off at the the authority the authority's rule and said hey you were supposed to protect us goes right into his brain lifts him up and starts talking to jack through this guy basically what the alien does is recaps everybody and says you know humans have come to us once before you guys were abducted or we abducted humans once before but you guys didn't even have speech so it would have been back in the caveman times all all you did was grunt and this is where jack kind of takes over because jack's been abducted before and that's how jack came about his powers i mean if you go back and read the secret history of the authority jack hawksmore which is a fantastic miniseries by the way you see a lot of Jack's background, and you see that, you know, he was created, basically. He was a lab rat. He's pretty ticked off that that he's being abducted, along with all his friends, of course. And it almost looks like he gets really big. I don't know if it's just the angle that they chose to draw, but uh, he's ready to pounce. Do you understand what happened there? No, I I kept checking that and trying to see it. I I think it's the angle because as far as I know, he's not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah, I think it's just the angle because if you look at it next, it doesn't really look like he's shrinking, you know. No, but what I don't understand is, does he just pop a bunch of people with his mind? Yeah, that's the thing I don't understand either. I mean, there's so much organic stuff on this ship. (laughs) I don't know what what is going on there really and then then he like pukes up a bunch of nanites almost it looks like these two three pages become really confusing because what we know of jack is that he knows technology and he knows how to how to listen and bend cities to their will so to see him acting in this manner with just biology around him is really kind of confusing because I've never seen him act that way. He does say that the the thing is in him, like what whatever constitutes this ship, this organic creature is inside of him, and that's when he sees the history of the ship. So that might be what happened here. 
I, I assume we'll get some understanding of that event later on. But basically, at the end, you know, the the alien um, completes his story about the harvester and and how they got humans. Um, you know, he and I was explaining earlier that you know when they first went out and got humans, that we could only grunt like cavemen. But he also says, "And scream, and now you will scream, and you will be used. You will be Karidna, which." What the heck is Karibna? This is another mystery that, you know, Tom's been giving us over, you know, this this sci-fi journey that they've been doing through space. So it's been really cool to, you know, see Mondragon and, and now we have another one and they keep visiting these alien worlds and running across them and we keep getting that mystery every other month and it's it's been a blast. And, I mean, when they were on Earth and they, before the carrier left, they were in pretty bad shape. But now, you know, everybody's fully powered up, but the carrier is in pretty bad shape now, and, and they're all running for their lives. So it'll be exciting to see how they get out of this one. Um, it was a good read. I I enjoyed this book. It, it's really fun to see where the authority is going each and every month because you never know where they're going to end up. I gave this one a 7. It wasn't a setup issue. I, I guess it sort of was. It, it was setting up the, you know, the aliens this time, so... Maybe it'll take one issue to resolve it, or two, or three, or four. Who knows? But this is a really cool mystery, and I I can't wait to see where it goes from here. No, I really like the issue. I mean, yeah, this whole thing with the aliens is just is great. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, Tom just told Al, yeah, just think of the scariest looking things, and then think of the thing that would scare those things, <laughs> and then do it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the aliens I want to see. <laughs> I mean, the other one, you're talking about the giant cage monster or whatever. The other one is kind of like a cross between the a little bit of the Predator, a little bit of the aliens from the Scorny Weaver movies, and, and um, guns on their heads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nasty-looking things. and You know, Tom knows I love his stuff. I, you know, I got to tell him in person when I met him. But the one thing about this issue is it goes by way too fast. He really does the widescreen stuff in this one, and that's great. It's going gonna, it's gonna to read great in trade because you're going to keep reading this because when you get to this part in, in the story, you're not going to stop. <laughs> that's true. You're going to want to know what comes next. And when I am robbed of more Tom Taylor, even by Tom Taylor, <laughs> I'm allowed to complain. <laughs> it's like you robbed me of yourself, Tom. It's not nice <laughs> because I wanted more. That was the only my only thing about this issue. I end, I ended up giving it a seven two because of that because I just wanted more. I mean, it just you know should have been a forty eight page special or something <laughs> just out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean that that's what's happening here. It, it, it it's it's making use of the the old authority widescreen stuff you know and, and there's just some stuff in here like the whole thing with swift it's like we have an entire page of just her face and she's laying down unconscious and i'm like that could have been a couple more pages of the story at the end you know because <laughs> those are the only pages that i was like uh we're running out <laughs> and you know the ones with uh jack yeah we're kind of confusing i mean i got what happened eventually but some of the things that happened before we got to the part where he learns the origin of this alien thing 
uh, it was it was kind of confusing. So, no, it's a, it's it, it was a good issue. I just I just wanted more. I mean, that's it. You know, it was hard for me to write a review because I, I I did like it a lot, but I didn't have that much to write about. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Even when I was going through it, you're right. There's there's not much to talk about. I mean, it was all action, all big panels, beautiful to look at, but not much to read, I guess. <laughs> and, and that's cool because I mean, he hasn't really done that. That you know, I, I have felt that the other issues have been have been a little bit more full as far as as far as the story, but. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is a, a great turn of events, or horrible from their perspective, you know. Right. You know, we did get some cool information. We got to see River use his powers. You know, apparently, he can use information to tell these creatures that they're not there, you know, basically turning them invisible to the creatures. So, you know, that allows the small group of survivors. These are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so there is, enough, there is enough of the heroes left to, to launch a rescue mission, but... Man, do they have their work cut out for them <laughs> to get him out of this thing? Yeah, we'll we'll see what this is. I was thinking about that too when you were talking about you know who is Caribna. I'm like, uh, that's another alien thingy that Tom Taylor has created. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more thing to put in the wiki. I think he's purposely trying to add entries to the wiki. <laughs> I know. I still haven't got around to adding Mondragon. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it was a good issue. I just I just wanted more. I hear you, brother. We'll get it. Yeah. Oh, and uh, don't I, I don't want to walk away from this without mentioning the beautiful Wetworks Mutations preview that we get in the back. I still haven't got a chance to read it because I was uh, uh, on my way out last week when I got this. I barely got my authority review on the site. If you guys out there have been hungry for Wetworks, you better go reserve this. Show them that you want more wet works this is a uh, this is a one shot and it's beautifully illustrated by uh, newcomer julius gopez i mean we saw his pencils on the bleed you can go to the wallstorm's blog and you look him up but here it's all in its colored glory i mean uh, i can't wait to sit down and really just read this and soak it up i i love that the not only the war works are back in action but that a, a really good artist has them so Reserve what works, everybody. <laughs> it's just a one shot, so give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, it looks really cool. I can't wait for it to come out. Other Wildstorm releases for the last two weeks. On August 25th, we had Fringe, Tales from the Fringe, number three of six. Astro City, Silver Agent, number two of two. So that very small miniseries is finished. Kanan Lynch, number two. Tom Strong and the Robots of Doom, number four. On September 1st, we had new digital comics from Comixology.com, Ex Machina, number six and seven, Supernatural Rising Sun, number two and three, X Files, number six, Planetary, number 12, Gen 13, number 29, Stormwatch PhD, number 21, The Authority, number nine. Wildcats number nine. Those are both World's End titles. Starcraft number one and one through seven, and number one is free. Gears of War number one and two. Kane and Lynch number one. Welcome to Tranquility number one. Now is that the new Welcome to Tranquility One Foot in the Grave? No, that's the old one. Okay, but Kane and Lynch that's only a month old or so, right? Yep. <laughs> wow, that's surprising. They really moved up that date. Yeah, I think they're trying to push that one because it sold really well. 
Ah, I see. Either that or somebody fat-fingered it and let it out too early. <laughs> well, I didn't get a chance to read it, but uh, apparently it was very popular. Cool. And and I know that's a long list every time, guys, and we give it to you because, you know, it's it's hard to find just the Wildstorm titles that release every time. But it's nice that you can get these issues cheaply and digitally if you want to catch up. And I've seen a lot of Twitter feedback and, you know, people are just raving about how nice they look in digital form. So I'm glad you guys are digging it. Yeah, and um, I think I mentioned last time that I didn't see a way that Comixology talks about them. Last week they did actually send a new digital digital comics uh, email to anybody who's a member. Uh, I didn't uh, – I have obviously I won't get the new one till this week, but um, if you're not signed up, I mean, it's free. Uh, it's a really cool site. That's the only way because I don't have an I- iPad or an iPhone, so it's the only way I can check out the the digital offerings. And yeah, it is really cool that they 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 keep working in more and more. I mean, now Welcome to Tranqu- Tranquility's up, so keep going, checking those out, and they'll keep adding them, adding them more, and eventually we'll catch up to where we are in World's End. <laughs> um, if you guys want to contact us, you can find me on Twitter at Grifter78. Uh, you can look both me and Ben up at the Wildstorm Resource Wiki. Uh, that's wildstormresource.wetpaint.com. There is no www. Uh, ben is yoyomaster146. Uh, you can also find the podcast at Twitter, at wildstormaddict, or you can email us at wildstormaddiction at gmail.com. Like we told you guys, uh, feel free to email us if you have any questions about anything. We're... We uh, we do have one interview in the pipe, and hopefully we'll get that out to you soon. And we're working on some more. If there's anybody else you want us to try to talk to, just shoot us an email let us know. A lot of cool projects coming out in the fall. And once New York Comic Con hits, we're going to hear about a lot more, hopefully. So, till then, we'll be talking to you guys in a few weeks. Bye, everybody.